Welcome to another episode of the ignitionblog.com podcast. I'm Nolan. I'm Matt. And on this episode, we look back at the best cars of 2018 and what we're looking forward to in 2019. All right, Matt. How are you feeling? I'm feeling great. How are you? Uh, doing good. I'm glad to be back. Yeah, uh, it's good to be back. It's been a little while since we've been on the pod, but uh, here we are. We're here. We're here. Uh, it's the... It's 2019, so we can give a little discussion about uh, some of the cars in the past year that we liked um, and hated. I guess, we, you know, there wasn't too many that I hated, but there's a couple that we'll bring up just for, yeah. for giggles. Um, trying to think of all the cars that we reviewed this year. It wasn't too many, but um, we did have some goodies. Um, we'll bring up uh, early on in the year, kind of a lot of buzz on the Kia Stinger. Um, what were your thoughts, I guess, Matt, when you initially saw that? We talked about it on here before, but what were your thoughts initially about the Kia Stinger? Um, I thought it was a cool alternative, uh, especially if you didn't want to spend that, you know, M3 money or, um, you know, like S4 money or anything like that. I thought it was a good alternative. Yeah. Um, it seemed like the power numbers that it was putting down and advertised at seemed pretty good. Like, it seemed like a solid option. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't, like, the, the stingers that I've been seeing around have all just been basically the base models. I haven't really seen any of the high-performance ones. Um, yeah, that's... But, and I actually haven't driven it yet, but I've heard it's a lot of fun. Like I said, I, I was surprised by how much I really enjoyed it. Uh, of course, I had the twin-turbo V6 um, model, which, you know, is, is the one to have. Again, I, I think they mm-hmm. said that it was, surprisingly, it wasn't a ton, but it was like a 50-50 mix of people that were getting the... Um, you know, the base one versus, versus the, uh, GT, um, which is mm-hmm. pretty good. Um, I thought there'd be, and they actually sold quite a few of them. I have to look, there's a thread on Reddit about people being surprised that they sold it, you know, 24,000 of them or whatever. Um, which was yeah. quite a, quite a good number for, for that type of car. Cause I was trying to figure out who the heck was going to buy one. Um, yeah, exactly. Because it's just, but I do think it's one of the best looking Kia's in the last, well, since Kia started. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. It's hard to, there's not too many sexy Kias out there. So for no. the, you know, so outside the Rondo. Yeah, yeah. I mean, how could we forget about baby Rondo? Yeah. Outside of that, there's not too much uh, sex appeal to the Kia lineup. No. Um, but now there is. Yep. Uh, I did like the Nero though. We can, we can jump into, we'll go into, you know, the popular EV set of plugins segment. Yeah. Um, yeah, Nero was cool. The Nero, I think it was an interesting car. I had the Nero and the Ionic. Um, Ionic kind of, meh. Like, it just looks like a, it looks like it should be a hybrid. Mm-hmm. So, in that sense, and it didn't get as good. I mean, it got about the same gas mileage as the Nero, which makes sense for the exact same car. But, um, I really like the Nero more because there's, it almost reminded me of the Rondo, which is, Ooh. yeah, it's kind of like the modern like Rondo. You just need another two, <laughs> two seats in the far back. A little jump, like a jump seat in the back. Yeah. Uh, if they had that, it'd be sold. Um, oh, heck yeah. But I recently, yeah, I just had the, one of my last cars of the year was the Nero plug-in, which, uh, I never get the plug-ins, like maybe it's just me and I drive too much, but I never get the plug-ins to get like 25 miles to, I don't know, like I run out by the time I get on the freeway and like get going to work. <laughs> so, you know, it's just me, but I feel like, I guess most consumers don't drive more than 25 miles a day to work and school or whatever. Yeah. So, yeah, exactly. I guess that does work, but I think I would just be like, at least in my car, like I have enough range where I don't have to charge it every day. Like I typically, you know, do every other day or something. So that's really nice. Yeah. To me, if I like, if I have the plug-in hybrid, hybrid Nero, um, I feel like I'd have to, you know, you'd have to plug it in every night or you'd have to plug it in whenever you had a chance just so you wouldn't feel like you're wasting. Uh, yeah. But typically, like you said, like somebody that has like a long distance commute or a longish distance commute. That doesn't seem like the car that they would choose. And this, this seems like somebody that either works at home or has like a very, very short commute to work. I mean, if I, if I lived yeah. within 25 miles there and back to work, that'd be a pretty solid option. Even if I had to charge it every day, getting, you know, getting there for on, on, on only a charge and not using any gas would be pretty sweet. Yeah. I guess that, I mean, I guess that makes sense if you're just around town or something like that. Um, yeah. That's like my mother-in-law has the Fiat 500 electric, which, I mean, that's, that's a lot more. That's like 80 miles, but she never really needs to charge it, you know, maybe once or twice a week. 
Um, yeah, I mean, that seems kind of perfect, especially if you live close and just need to go to, like, the grocery store or, you know, to stores near you. It yeah. seems like it'd be pretty perfect. Yeah, so I think that's, I guess it does make sense. It's just when I, you know, obviously when I had those cars and I see, like, 24 miles, to me, it's like, you know, now I have a shorter... Yeah, it just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I have a shorter commute, but, like, I feel like any given day I drive 50 miles, you know, around town, so it's right. just kind of like, right. yeah, I just too much worrying about plugging it in, um, which brings me to... Yeah, exactly. Uh, another car that was sort of a failure in my eyes this year. Um, thoughts on the Nissan Leaf, the new Nissan Leaf. I think it looks better. I'm not sure if you... It definitely looks a lot better. Um, it is not. I mean, the leather, like, the whole, like, the trim and everything is nice in it, um, for the money. Mm-hmm. So I think it's, you know, one of the most affordable ones. But to me, it, uh, I don't know. It, it just didn't go far enough. I had it for a week. It gets 140. 1520 miles um yeah it's 125 miles which like i said i'm getting about that in my i3 you know that has the range uh-huh. extender and so and i you know i could fall back on gas if i need to go further but um right oh and this is this is this is um electric only yeah it's electric only there's no other option to get mm. anything else um i i don't know like i just they saw the sales kind of spiked a little bit from last year, obviously, because it's a newer model, but they were like, it's for all intents and purposes, it was a failure this year. Like the Volt, the yeah, Volt. Especially at, especially at 37000 or almost $40,000 for, for that. It's a little much. Yeah. Like I said, and keep in mind, they're getting, you know, they're getting all the good old, Cal- all the good old California to drop like, you know, 10 grand off of that price. But, um, yeah. Still, I think people wanted more miles, right? When they came out, you know, I think the last one got 80 or 90 miles. And yeah. so to only increase it, like, essentially 30 to 50 miles or less, it's just... Right. Um, like I said, we just got done saying that most people, I guess, that don't drive a lot could use only 25 to 30. But maybe that's just me. Like, I I need, like, <clears throat> you know, the obviously the Chevy Bolt was the winner this year. The Chevy Bolt sold 18,000. It took a lot of I sales. Would, I would love to have one of those still. Yeah, I mean, at 250 miles, I think that's a lot more compelling. I think that's what a lot of people thought that the yeah. Leaf would do. Um, uh-huh. And I guess there's word that they're going to start offering a bigger battery Leaf that gets in the 200-something this That'd year. That'd be smart. So, so, I don't know. Maybe look for that in 2019 because other than that, it's a good car. Like, it, it drives well. It's fun. Like, the interior, all the electron, you know, the screens and everything are really nice. Um, mm-hmm. I'll put some pictures of mine. Like, I had a nice little red one for a week. She's she's not bad. Uh, it's a lot better looking than the kind of egg they had in the first. Yeah, the old ones are a little rough. Um, so, um, yeah, well, the other EVs I had, um, Hyundai and Kia had a bunch. Hyundai has the Kona EV. That kind of came out just at the tail end, so it's almost more this year's car. But I'm interested to try that out. I think Hyundai and Kia, like as everyone else is going to SUVs, are kind of just like, let's give you SUV sort of shaped cars that get really good gas mileage. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which, I don't mind it. It doesn't look bad. No, I think it looks kind of nice. I mean, it's got like a yeah. kind of alien look to it, but yeah, it's almost like what Hyundai is going for these days. Yeah. I'm glad they're getting back to the alien look. Remember like the early Tiburons, those old Tibbies? <laughs> yeah. Those Tibbies <laughs> just look like something like a bug mixed with an alien. All the frat boys love the Tibbies. Yeah, those, those are the good old days of Hyundai. Um, maybe they're coming back to just wild design. Hopefully. It looks like it. Um, and then, I guess I said, if we're talking about best EV of the year, I think you probably have to give it to the Model 3. It was kind of the year of Tesla and the Model 3, in my opinion. Yeah, I think so, too. I mean, uh, you can't you can't drive more than five minutes without, without seeing at least one Model 3 around. They yeah. definitely got the market on that. Yeah, it's gotten... But I think... I, I think I think that's going to catch up to them once everybody realizes all the quality control issues, that kind of stuff. Yeah, um, I do think they mass produce a ton and they won that segment, but I think it'll catch up. Yeah, I, I'm surprised. Like I just saw numbers. There's an article from Forbes. I'll have the link in the comments talking about how Tesla's now the the biggest premium automaker in the United States or something. In terms that's of, crazy. Like they did the estimates based on Model Three sales, and they outsold BMW, Lexus, Mercedes, um, and Audi. Yeah, it doesn't doesn't surprise me, honestly. Like everybody's in this EV craze right now, mm-hmm. and Tesla's. I mean, it's like buying a Gucci bag it has to have the Tesla name on it. Yep. I mean, that's 
like I said, you kind of live in the area around here in Orange County, and it's just all you see, and it's it's the kind of mm-hmm. um, yeah. I mean, it's the popular car. I like I said, I haven't driven one. I've been inside one. Uh, the interior doesn't mm-hmm. like really excite me as it's much as the other. Super toasts. super basic. Yeah, um, it's like. But I think that's kind of what they what they're going for is like a minimalist Model S. Um, you know, it gets a little, it gets a you know a fair fair range, and it's just a three series size. Yeah. Yeah. I do like the, I, this seems like from the pictures I've seen, the interior looks kind of cool. Like the dash area looks very like minimalistic, modern. Yeah. I think it's kind of cool. The dash looks good. I think it's just kind of the seats and everything else seem kind of just plain, right? They're, it's kind of like yeah. the Ikea styling of just sort of like. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Plain. And there's no like bolstering on the seat. It's very, it's like, it's a very flat seat. Yeah. But I guess it's not meant to be a performance car, but it would just be nice to, you know, a little bit of support. Yep. So I think that I think. Yeah, the issues aside, hopefully Tesla keeps growing because I do like to see them grow. Um, the big thing, big news for them is they're the first manufacturer to reach the government limits for the rebates. I think they yes, sold three hundred thousand. So they're like so they phase them out. I think it like you know it goes down to like uh, instead of seventy five hundred, you get like forty five hundred after six months, and then after a year it goes down to like um, you know twenty five hundred, and then it just goes away after a year mm-hmm. or so. Um, so I think that's really going to hurt their sales, and they're trying to fight. Yeah, for sure. Because um, honestly, that's the only reason I got into my i3. It, you know, mm-hmm. there's no way I could afford it. I would have considered it if it wasn't for the crazy discounts that California helped out. So yeah, exactly. I think my prediction is in 29. I think who knows uh, with current government stuff, but uh, I kind of think. The Congress or the, you know whoever is doing that will f- figure out uh, there'll be enough pressure on them from all the automakers to get because Chevy apparently is running out too. Chevy is going to be done or they just oh, really? passed it in December. Um, Interesting. Yeah, I think the Bolt and the Volt kind of pushed them over the edge, so now they're losing the credit as well. So that's wow. you know I think once you get Tesla may maybe doesn't have enough push, but I think once you have GM pushing as well, I think that may be enough. Yeah, I think something will change. Yeah, um, just to get something, I think until the technology gets cheaper and it is getting slightly cheaper, but I think you mm-hmm. still have to kind of incentivize some of these, especially with gas so cheap. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's going to be a harder, harder sell on those electrics, but I think anyway, I think the, the model three, uh, in terms of if I had to pick a best EV of last year, I mean, that was all the buzz in terms of EVs last year was, was that car for sure. Yeah. yeah. I'd go with model three or Chevy bolt. Yeah, the bolt. When the Chevy Bolt Bolt first came out. Remember how? Remember how the lease deals were so crazy on this? Yeah, like I said, that was the one car that I was considering uh, compared yeah. to the i three. Uh, unfortunately, I got you know unlucky timing on the lease, and it ended up being a little bit more than I wanted to spend compared to the i three. But yeah, you'll see them around two hundred and fifty dollars, you know, a month. That's perfect. Yeah, um, and they're still selling a ton. Look at all the dealers, and they're still you know running out of them pretty quick. So yeah. Pretty incredible. Um, so, yeah, the Chevy Bolt is great. It, it's a hard toss-up between those two. Um, but it shows, like, so the Chevy Bolt was a good kind of statement to show t- uh, Tesla that, you know, everyone else is going to start catching up here. Yeah, right. Um, so they better be, be on the ball. Um, let's see. We can jump around here. We'll go back to the best car. We talked a little about the Stinger. Um, other cars that I did have at the end of the year, um, I had the, both the A5 Sportback and the S5 Sportback, which, Ooh. um, I know you're not a huge fan of the Audi coupes, but now, I mean, now it's a four door, of course, but, um, the, that coupe styling, uh, of those Audis and especially the, the Sportback was sort of interesting. Um, we saw it. Yeah. It's not my, it's not my favorite look, but I, I do like it better that it's a four door. Yeah. I really enjoyed this car. Like the more I, th- time i spent with them i really really enjoyed it uh, you're gonna be you're becoming an audi fan i guess um wow it was just it feels so light in its feet like it it i don't know like the base one has or the, you know the a5 has 248 horsepower which is actually pretty good and like the transmission amount, yeah um and then the s5 of course has 349 horsepower that's um, perfect from that uh i think it's a, a turbocharged v6 now in that thing um and it sounds good. It feels good. Like the handling, it just, I don't know, it feels a lot lighter than it, than it is. Um, and it, I don't know. I just, and even the hatchback design, it, it seems kind of weird on that car, but I don't know if it's mm-hmm. like golf owners just growing up and they're trying to like, you know, <laughs> they're like, here you go. 
This one also opens up as a hatch. Um, but it's actually kind of cool. I don't know, like people, it seems like a gimmick, but there were a lot of people that stopped and were like, oh my gosh, is that, it just goes through to the seats? I'm like, yeah. Yeah, it actually doesn't look too bad looking at pictures right now. But I just think it needs to look more like a sedan. Yeah, except I know you love the sedans, and I've always liked more of the two. I, I love, love it. I love the old uh, A5s when you weren't a big fan of the, the older A5s. All right. Um, I would love to try the RS5. Oh, that would be a dream. Uh, the new one, because to me that would just kind of get it up a little bit more. But um, those yeah. are obviously still coupes. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't think it has. A, I don't think it's an RS5 Sportback. I'll have to look that up. I don't think that that's is. that's the one coupe that I would settle for. I just saw one today driving around, um, and it really? was in like that dark green color they have too. I was like, Ooh. good, yeah, good. Um, well, they do have the RS5 Sportback, so they do have a five door. Well, then I'm not sure if that's US or if that's who knows. We'll have to look that up. But if they are bringing it here. That's one of my, like I said, the more I thought about, like, oh, what my favorite cars were for the year uh, in terms of the ones that I actually drove, got to experience, that mm-hmm. A5, S5 Sportback platform really kind of shot to the top of my list. It was one of the most enjoyable things and kind of different. Um, it's uh, good to hear that Audi's, like, exciting again. Yeah, it just feels, you know, it's, there's, Audi's been hit or miss, but in terms of like the driving characteristic, but it just felt like perfect. You know, it felt smooth. It felt effortless. It felt like sporty. It was just, it was easy to drive. It was comfortable. Like you could daily drive it and just have the most fun. you know, I think that's, that's that's been the best Audis that I've ever driven. That's probably like the B6, A4. I'm trying to think of I had Mm -hmm. a, trying to think of the series. It looks like you get quite a bit of headroom in the backseat too. Yeah, definitely. Um, but anyway, there's, there's been some of those Addies that come along, and it's like, yeah, this really feels good. Um, and this one definitely did. Um, and I think it felt a lot better because afterwards, I think I talked to you a little bit about this, but I had the Lexus LC, or not the LC, the RCF. Oh, yeah. Um, and it was the 10th anniversary. It was the matte gray. Um, it looks awesome. Um, but it just, like, going from the S5 to that thing, it felt like it was a thousand pounds more. Like it felt so heavy. Really? Yeah. Um, and I put the information, um, I put the information here and I think I put the, I put the wrong car, but I think I had the right car. I think it is the RCF weighs like, I'll look at the curb weight, but I'm pretty sure that it's about 300 pounds heavier. The LC, or yeah. the RCF is compared to the, mm-hmm. the S5, which is nuts. I mean, that's one of them's a two door, right? And the other one's a four door. Right. Yeah. Um, and it just feels like, it feels like you're in a coffin. Like, you, I don't know, like it has a high waistline and it's down, you sit down low and it really, it has a V8 but, and it sounds great, but it doesn't get to the power until you're really kind of ripping on it. Um, mm-hmm. or in your, you're in sport mode. Whereas the S5 just like, I don't know, it felt so effortless and so light and, I don't know. And for $20,000 less too. Yeah, exactly. The RCF 10th anniversary was like 85 something, which is, just insane. Like, it's cool. I love the blue leather seats. I'm, I'm all about yeah, That was great. Yeah. Um, Lexus doing that. I think everyone should do that. Um, follow Lincoln's footsteps. But, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. So, I think that's partially why I like the the A5 S5 better. Because I got out of them right into a, a super heavy Lexus sports car. Uh, so, yeah. Um, and I'll write an uh, article. I have a good article i'm working on right now because i went to radwood um and at the peterson in la right around the same time or actually the same time i had the rcf and there was a um lexus sc 400 there like the yeah. old toyota Sor lexus and mm-hmm. sc 400 i think had the v8 motor from the ls at the time i think I'm trying, really i'm trying to remember yeah i had the four liter v8 that oh, old. Wow. And so it was like perfect to look at that. Um, you know, and of course I, I haven't driven one of those, but I've heard it's fantastic and it's all everything you wanted in kind of a, you know, late nineties, early two thousands car, which is just, you know, lightweight, you know, fun, not a lot of, you know, back before they added additional crash protection nonsense <laughs> Yeah. to make all the cars super heavy. And I just kind of look at that and I was like, man, I wish the, you know, that's kind of what the RCF is kind of the modern equivalent of that old 
um, coupe, that old Lexus right. um, SC, and I just like, oh man, that car. I would much rather have that old SC four hundred than the freaking. That would be pretty cool. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Yeah, I've never really given your thoughts on this, but I really like uh, the Lexus LS, the new like their new like flagship sedan. Yeah, I like it. Um, I've seen a couple rolling around, and the more I look at it, the more I'm like, gosh, that's a good looking car. Um, yeah, I, I, I honestly, I've, I've really liked that new Lexus front end ever since they changed it a few, quite a few years back now. But yeah. I like that. I like their interiors. I think it's, I think they're super good value for money. Yeah, there's a lot of people. I'm glad to see you in that. I'm in the camp of like, I think their styling looks good. And I think they mm-hmm. had to do something because they were so, to me at least, and probably to you, they were so boring for so long. Yes. Um, yes. I would have never considered them until they did the kind of crazy styling of the grill. Um, yep, exactly. And always, it's always, it was always like, oh, you have a Lexus SUV or oh, you have a Lexus set. Like, it just uh, was, it seems like somebody, something that somebody that's retired would drive. Yeah, exactly. And now, now it seems like they're catering to a lot younger crowd, or making their cars look like they're catering to a lot younger crowd, which I'm excited to see. Pushing them, pushing their design limits a little bit. Agree, and I think they're still trying to figure. Like, I don't know for a while it seemed like they're trying to play with that front design grill, and I think the IS. I like the IS, but I think a lot of people really hate it because it was like really drastic when they first changed I it. I love that car. Yeah, I think it still I looks still great. Like to look at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's why I kind of like the RCF. Even though it is heavier, yeah, it's more of like a luxury sedan, mm-hmm. but something that you could have a little bit of fun in, which I don't think Lexus has really ever done. And you know, and unless you look back at like the '90s versions of the LS, yeah, I agree. And so, to me, this Lexus LS, and the more I look at it, I think it's just it's super handsome looking, like from different mm-hmm. angles. And I think it's got that grill like down because i think it doesn't look too wild for that kind of because they're still you know you still got the rich older guys that buy that mostly yeah, um, yeah. so to me it I think, looks rich yeah, yeah it just looks premium it doesn't you know it's not yeah. super flashy it the interior is like incredible i don't know if you've seen it in person right. that incredible that interior is insane um and it's got the new twin turbo v6 with about 416 horsepower um i yeah, yeah. i think that That's thing great. In terms of, you know, all the flagships, um, they haven't really, uh, you know, I still, of course, love the S-Class and things like that. But to me, mm-hmm. this uh, this really stands out, and I think it's I think it's a cool option. Um, so it's one of my more favorite cars this year. More I would definitely take this over a 5 Series. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I was trying to think of the money, because it starts about $75,000, which I guess puts mm-hmm. it around. It's, it's kind of a... So I put it in the middle. Like I'm, I'm still kind of out of touch with that market. It's an, does an S class start well, well above that, or is an S class around? that? I would think so, unless yeah. you want to get like a super base S class. Yeah. Um. So that's kind of you know pretty decent value for what you're getting. Uh, I still like yeah. the A8, but yeah. I do like the A8, but it just seems like they haven't really changed much in, in the A8. No, and that, that's kind of my problem with Audi too. Is for a while, and that's kind of why I like the S5 is. Audi's kind of settled into becoming like BMW or some of those other brands that seem to get kind of lazy with their design. Um, mm-hmm. um, I like the taillights of the A8, and they, you know it's still a handsome looking car, yes, but it it is it doesn't like stand out uh, enough. No, and, I, and the, the A8 never really has for me. It's always been like a very under understated like luxury car, where it's not super flashy. You, it, you can look at it and then look away and not even realize what you're looking at. But I kind of actually like that. I don't. It doesn't have to be super flashy, but the yep. person who's driving it knows exactly what they're driving and how how luxurious it actually is. Yeah, this kind of reminds me of like the Volkswagen Phaeton, which I. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, you, we need to find you one of those. That'd be a sick car. I'm sure they're. Be a sweet project car that I could sink about twenty grand in just to make it work again. Yeah, that didn't have a W12. Some of them. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, good lord. I think they actually made it with a V8 or a W12. But let's get that w12 yeah if you're gonna torture yourself just freaking torture yourself and get on with it yeah, exactly just yeah. really dive into the mechanic special it's <laughs> <laughs> a great word for that guy <laughs> uh let's see what other cars i have the ferrari uh, 812 super fast on here because yeah I, I love that car everything about it yeah i know you're a fan uh, initially i said it was like uh, initially the name sounded really dumb um to me but and that's all about. But they use they use that they use that name yeah. back in the day. It was yeah, just like a yeah. I was an older. Love it. 
I mean, I mean, pretty much for me, Ferrari can't do, Ferrari can't do any wrong. Can't do wrong. But. Yeah, I think it's and seeing it in person, I like it a lot more. I still like to me. I mean, I'm old. Like I just like there hasn't been a pretty Ferrari in a while. Like this thing looks sweet, but I don't know if it's like attractive. Oh, I think it's pretty. Yeah, from certain angles. There's certain parts of it where like the back, especially I, for me. Yeah, I've always been a fan of the front engine GT cars. Even yeah. back to like the five nine nine, even the six twelve, people hate on that thing all the time. I love a six twelve. Like it was so comfortable and it was so fun to drive and yeah, it was so you know comfortable. Yeah, six twelve. Like you know, the six twelve to me though was more like I don't know, like it was kind of had some good curves to it and it was kind of yeah, plain. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. The, it definitely hasn't held up. The styling is not held up, but yeah, um, the five nine nine was gorgeous i thought I, th- I still think that's what a super pretty car uh, yeah 599 to me is where they kind of peaked a little bit like uh, i still love mm-hmm. i want to go back to do the you know 575 550s oh, I know, I know it. we both love those. even though like the gt4 lusos that they're coming out with i like those too mm-hmm. the fs stuff like that i like those yeah no i, I really do like so when we went to a dealer recently in newport beach and they had a few of those gt4 lusos and stuff it looks yeah kind of looks good super pretty um so yeah, I mean it's good to see Ferrari uh those coming out with insane, absolutely insane stuff. Um Yeah. I like they're coming out I like that they're coming out with one off two one off cars oh. like the um, like the Monza S P one and S P two. I should have put that on my list. Honestly, that should be my car of the year. I, I cannot get enough yeah. of those. I stared at those for like way too long. Um, and it was cool to see all the renderings that people did of like the different uh liveries. Liveries that yeah, I love that. Yeah, that should have been on the list. That that may be my car this year because that's that's like going on the dream garage forever. Oh yeah, um, just all the pictures where it's like, oh, it comes with your own race suit and like helmet and like leather helmet. clothes. Oh, so like, cool. That's just the right kind of Playboy douchebag. And just to be able to have like a modern car, but have like one of the, a car that you can like cover the passenger seat up and just be like a single seater, yeah, modern car. I think that's so cool. Just because I think it looks so nice in my uh, dream garage next to my. Uh, McLaren SLR Sterling Moss, whatever that thing is. <laughs> that yeah, for sure. Next to your MC12. Yep, just all those. But um, so yeah, I, uh, those are those are perfect. I, I can't wait to see one of those in person. Um, oh, hopefully we do. Yeah, I I can't wait either. Do they have the? I'm sure they have the builder up for it to play around with, which is losing a whole lot. And um, they also they also did that special edition 488, I think this year. Um, what was that called? I do recall that, yeah. Shoot. The Pista? It was the lady's name. No, oh, the Pista. You oh, like the Pista, that's another thing. But... I love that car. Yeah, no, you're, I mean, we're all a huge fan of the uh, the Pista, the Challenge Stradale, the, mm-hmm. all that. Yep, all I, all I want is a Pista with the Challenge Stradale stripe, and I think it's a guy. I love their seven, uh, 70th anniversary stuff. That wasn't this year, I don't think. Yes, but, um, yes loved all that stuff. I finally saw one. They had one in Newport Beach Ferrari, like one of the ones that had been built with a picture of the old car next to it that it was you know, uh-huh. inspired by. It was like so yeah. cool. Um, yeah, that's super cool. Um, so yeah, we'll just call the Ferrari uh, uh, Monza SP1 and SP2. That's that's our car Love of the it. year. Totally down for that. Yep. The best car of the year. Um, we could dive in really quick just because we're dragging on. Uh, the best SUV. That's kind of the biggest segment, obviously, because... There's a, there's a lot of good ones. There's a ton of what everyone's buying this year. Um, mm-hmm. The standouts for me, uh, I did the one I drove or the two I drove that stand out for me. The Volvo XC60 that just came out, love it. Uh, it's that thing is perfection. Like Volvo is, yeah. I can't really say anything bad about anything that Volvo's doing these days. I, yeah. I absolutely love it. And that car, I mean, it drives perfect. The engine's perfect. It's got 316 yep. horsepower out of that like twin charged. Uh, yep. four cylinder, which is insane. Their interiors are amazing. Yeah, I had like the R design one on mine. I'm not sure if you saw mm-hmm. the pictures of that, but I had the blue with the R design, so I had like the suede and the black. Like, ugh, it was. Just, I love that. Um, it's the perfect car. Like, I wish I could have afforded one. <laughs> I mean, they're still yeah. up there, and there's no deals to be had with Volvo, unfortunately. Um, right. In terms of lease, uh, Volvo also had the XC40, which I liked in common. I thought, I thought was. The perfect thing to put out. I, I really yep. have not seen like any driving around, but I think it's like one of the coolest SUVs. And that's a tough one too because I, I was really hyped about that. Like, uh, you know, I'll talk in a later episode. My wife was looking for a car this year. Um, we ended up getting one, but that uh, 
we were excited about that one before it came out. But when it came out, they I think their big deal was they launched like a subscription service to buy one that included insurance right. and everything. But it was like six hundred and fifty dollars a month or something, for that. which is crazy. Yeah. yeah, it's insane. Like even if you try to rationalize it, like oh, you know, even if insurance is like one hundred and forty dollars a month and uh, an extra, I don't know. Uh, there's no way to rationalize that, and that's a tough no. part too. Is it's Volvo. Volvo cars lease really bad. I don't really understand that. Like, there's still like if you go into the dealer and find like a decent option XC40, which should be you know three fifty or so all day. Um, there's mm-hmm. they're like four hundred and fifty dollars a month for that car uh, lease. Yeah, it's quite a bit. Uh, when everyone else in that segment, if you look at a Lexus NX or you know anything in that compact luxury yeah. space, I mean it's like the size of a Jeep Renegade. I mean those things are eighteen grand. Yeah, so I think it's. You know, you look at all the other compact luxury cars out there, and you can get a ton more for the money, which sucks right. because it is it is a nice car. Like, I, I love all the weird colors they've chosen for that car. I like how retro it is. I like how like minimal the interior is. I think it's a I think it was a cool cool thing that Volvo did. Yeah, I mean having that reddish orange carpet with the black looks mm-hmm. really cool. Um, I like the two that light blue that they have on yeah, the outside. Yeah, this is about the same. Cool. Yeah, light blue with like that kind of cream roof color. Yeah, um, yeah, I like that. Yeah, I like said I like that car. I think it'll age well. It's just you know, hopefully when they get a little better deals. Right. Um, which brings me to like probably the best car. You know, I'm, I'm a little biased because we did end up getting one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that is the Alfa Romeo Stelvio. I think it was new for 2018. Um, late last, Such know, a good looking car. I, uh, like I said, I, I just love that car. As soon as I drove it, it feels like a Julia that's just slightly lifted. It really does. Yep. Um, and everything's the same. And of course, you know, all the reliability issues and everything. Um, but we really have had no problems. You know, it's only been four months, knock on wood. But um, mm-hmm. it's one of the things where we held out for. We looked at it early on, and it was expensive, as as most things are. And then, unfortunately, and I guess fortunately for us, uh, no one was buying them. I mean, go into yeah. more detail, but the price went down by like half in terms of a lease payment. Um, so that's what I really struggle with. Is I really want Alpha Romeo to catch up, catch on in the U.S., but I also don't because I really want a four C or a Quadrifoglio in a couple of years. Oh yeah, I really want it to be cheap. <laughs> Yeah, like I need to start looking at. I think they're already going down to like pretty tempting. Uh, the Alpha Four C, you can get them. They're in like the forties now or something. Which is crazy. Yeah, that's what we need to go in on. Yeah, I'm all about that. I still have not driven. That's the only Alpha I've not driven in terms of the modern. Right, yeah, same. And the Stelvio Quadrifoglio. I don't think I've driven that. Right. Um, but uh, I just, uh, I think Alpha Romeo, I think it just looks the best. It had all the features we wanted. Um, mm-hmm. The price lined up. My wife got the white with the red leather. Uh, it just, yeah, it just worked out perfectly. We'll go into another episode about leasing and, and that stuff in the next year. But, um, yeah, to me, that's that was an easy choice for the best SUV just because it was um, at least best in that kind of smaller segment because there is this other yeah, one. Yeah, definitely. I would go. I would go Alpha or the XC60. But yeah. best SUV out of everything, I'd probably go Navigator. Yeah, I was just about to see. Uh, it's like that's a tough one because to me the Navigator. Um, yeah, if we're going so if we're going lower price range, if you could even say lower, the Alfa Romeo Stelvio XC60 is just above it, um, which I think I would choose at that rate. Um, yeah, Navigator is by far the. Uh, it's I don't know. It's, it's gorgeous. Lincoln had the perfect timing on that, right? Because everybody's yep. shifting to SUVs, gas is getting cheaper, and all of a sudden they come and drop this bomb on Cadillac, who's essentially caught sleeping on the Navigator. The Navigator is super old. Um, mm-hmm. Or, sorry, the uh, Escalade. The Escalade is just... Well, not only that, but they, they upgraded the MPX to the Nautilus, which makes it look a thousand times better. Yeah. They upgraded the looks to the MKC. Yes. They have just released, you know, Aviator, yeah, uh, pictures, and mm-hmm. then they, and of course they dropped the Navigator, which just a complete overhaul of their entire lineup, which is amazing, and exactly what they needed. Yeah, I, uh, I mean, the Navigator really is too, like you know, critically acclaimed. Everybody who's driven it, the interior is unbelievable. Um, yep. And so, and the best thing is you have Cadillac. Um, I was going to say it's about Cadillac. <laughs> I don't want to dig into them too far, but. If I had a brand kind of, um, for looking at duds of 2018, <laughs> I love a lot of Cadillac stuff, but just talking, uh, Cadillac brand to me has no direction, no idea what they're right. doing. Um, especially for the pricing. It's crazy. Yeah. I, I, you know, Lincoln makes, you know, 
they the price is competitive they put you know they understand they're not in e-class so they price themselves five right. grand underneath it for that segment right. um but if you want to get crazy and, and customize it a lot you can go with a black label one and spend you know catalog escalate exactly and so i think that's lincoln understands they're not the germans you know they understand like right. we're still budget we're we're still i you know relative budget i mean they, they try to make it competitive they try to say hey do i want an a6 or do i want to save 15 grand and get a continental uh, right yeah they, they want you to make that decision where cadillac is like no we are a five series and then they come out with like I can't like that's the part about Cadillac too. I couldn't even tell you what their midsize sedan is called anymore. Yeah, CT six, CT six, and then they all of a sudden took that out and did like an XT. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. There's so much misdirection and and just yeah, I don't get it. Their sales are tanking. They're, um, I mean, I do like their XT four, their smaller SUV that just came out, which is which is also a weird naming invention because then what was that? What what did it used to be? Well, the XT so the XT five used to be the SRX, I think. Right. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Um, yeah, and and that was you know decent car, and the new one's okay. Um, And it's it's I think it's still their sales leader. The XT five is because the SRX was always their sales leader. But the CT um, there's nothing wrong with CTS. Like you know the CT six is fine, but uh, and then they're getting rid of the ATS, which is the best car that they had because no one's buying them. Um, Right. Oh, they're just all over the place. Like I, yeah, we'll see how they go. I'd, I'd like to see them succeed, but it's nice to see uh, Lincoln. Step. Yeah, I do like to see Lincoln come back and come back with a vengeance. Yeah, because everything they've put out in the last year, mm-hmm. well, more than that, but everything they've put out is just gorgeous to me. Oh, it's I. I think they're just like it's hit after hit, and a lot of them are SUVs, and a lot of them, you know, mm-hmm. is right when everyone is buying SUVs, so it's perfect timing. Yep. And like, they're and they're aiming towards a younger crowd now too, mm-hmm. but still catering to their older crowd as well, which is really cool. Yeah, um, we'll touch on some stuff in the SUV category, and if we're going lower pricing, I really was surprised by the GMC Acadia, um, GMC Terrain, mm-hmm. not so much, but that Acadia mm-hmm. and the Traverse and that kind of, you know, and then I think the Buick. Encore? Should we go to Encore? <laughs> Maybe it's Encore? Uh, whatever they... That's, that's, the, that's the little one we had at stage. There. Oh, and yeah, not the Encore. What the hell's the big one? Enclave? Enclave? Yeah. Yeah, there we go. Or is that the mid-size one? No, Enclave. Uh, I think yeah. the renovation of those three cars, uh, they did a really great job. So, in a kind of interesting move on GM's part, but smart, um, they made them smaller, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. Like, everything's getting bigger and bigger and they made all those three cars smaller and it makes a huge difference. Like you get in the Acadia and you're like, Oh my gosh, this feels like a, I don't know. It feels like a nineties, two thousands kind of like blazer or something in terms of the size. Awesome. Yeah. Um, it's just much better size. Still seats seven, but it's just, I don't know. It's got, it's closer on to like a Highlander or something. It just feels better and closer to the competition where the last ones we liked them. We took it, you know, to Vegas that one time. And it just felt like huge, too big. It was just huge, wide minivan looking thing. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, exactly. Very big van. And so this new oh, one, bubblish. Yeah, this new one. Like I had the V6. It just like it felt peppy. It felt like it was solid. It felt more like truck like. Um, A little more refined. Yeah, like I think they just finally got it, and so. Uh, I, if anyone's looking like a lower, you know, price range, um, GMC Acadia is it, and, and the Chevy Traverse too, for that matter. Um, yeah. and the Buick, I'm sure Enclave will be next to nothing just because unfortunately no one looks at them. Yeah. Also, uh, we have the, uh, the, uh, Range Rover Velar on there too, which is beautiful. Still oh, love that yeah. car. No, I, I think it's one of the prettiest, uh, Land Rover Range Rover designs, like of I all time. So. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And the inside, like I got to gorgeous. I mean, uh, yeah, I got to say it has that two, like the two screens um, for like yeah. the audio controls and the HVAC. But man, um, yeah, that's a stunning car too, uh, and it's actually pretty affordable relatively. I and mean, that's another thing that bothers me is Jaguar uh, and Land Rover lease really bad too. Um, yeah, because I think the Range Rover Velar is essentially it, the base model starts the same price as our Stelvio, like forty eight, forty nine surprisingly yeah that's i mean for a base model too that's a little it's up there but like i remember looking and talking to the different dealerships about leases and they're like oh yeah you know base model you know 685 dollars a month it's like dude what what world are you living in that that makes any sense yeah um 
And that's kind of the same issue too with the uh, Jaguar E-Pace, uh, which is their small, uh, small SUV um, this year. Um, the little baby <laughs> had some like weird like little Easter eggs that some of these car companies are doing. I'm not sure if you've seen this. The like right. Jaguar E-Pace has like little baby Jaguars following their mom like on the window sill. Oh really? Yeah. It, like it's kind of how Jeep does the little Jeeps hidden in the windows. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. The Jaguars doing it, but. Um, what I've heard, that's a great car, but again, I think it's just kind of like the same problem with the XC40 is if you go into those dealerships wanting a small SUV and you're expecting, oh, I want to pay, you know, maybe $400 a month or something, you're just, you're going to be too expensive. You're just going to be yeah. out of luck. You're going to get the base model, uh, or you're going to end up paying $500 for a compact SUV, which is just right, absurd. Right. Um, um, yeah, SUVs, like I said, I think, yeah, we'll go with that if, on the base level, GMC Acadia, that family of cars on the upper Alfa Romeo Stelvio XC60 and then upper uh, Fallout in the Navigator. Yeah. Uh, what are you looking forward to this year? Yeah, let's talk about 2019. Um, so we have Auto Show um, coming up, and this is kind of tease you guys our next, that's why we've been waiting on the Millennium Muscle um, stuff, is the Ford Mustang is probably what we're going to talk about next, and we're waiting for... Um, the GT500 that should be here next week, I think, on the fourteenth. Yeah, pretty insane. So, um, you know, rumor is over seven hundred horsepower, which is uh, just insane. So, um, the fact that we're going to be living in a world with a seven hundred horsepower Mustang is seven hundred, almost eight, you know, eight hundred horsepower if you count the Demon um, Dodge Challengers. Uh, yeah, but you, when anybody can just go buy that off the show before. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. It's going to be nuts. Uh, I love the GT350, so I'm interested to see how they make this different. Obviously, 700 horsepower makes it different, but... Um, yeah, I think, honestly, the GT350 was one of the best parts of the drove last year. I love the noise that thing makes. Yeah. The feel of it. Uh, it's it's great. Yeah, I, I, I forget about that car because I, you don't see them too, at all, but I yeah. that's, it's on my... If I had a muscle car bucket list, it's on there because it, it's so good. Most definitely. Um, sticking with Ford, we may see the Bronco. I've heard some folks say that there's no chance we see the Bronco, which is weird. I think, you know, to me, I think it's, they should show it at least if not there at Chicago auto show or something. Um, yeah, it'd be cool to see it. If not, I mean, at least see it, see like a, yeah, just a concept. Yeah. An actual concept Bronco. Um, other stuff, especially since we've been looking, we've been, Anxious for a Bronco for so long. Yeah. I mean, it's been something that everyone's asked for for years and for them to bring it back. Um, yeah. And to give Jeep some competition because we, we didn't touch on the Wrangler, but the Wrangler, you know, they did, they did a little redesign. I think it looks good, but I think it looks way better. Yeah. Um, I, you but know, still sticking with that V6 and a two liter four cylinder. Yeah. You know, I talk about diesel hopefully, you know, later this year. So we'll see how that does. And the truck obviously just came out for the. Yeah. But I think it'll, you know, if, if Bronco could come out and from everything I've heard, just rumors and, and actually people that have seen, seen it under a sheet, it, it's going to be a true Wrangler competitor. And if it, if it be great, it'd be good to see. Some Especially if they do like a, a Raptor version of the Bronco. Oh gosh. Yeah. That'd be, oh yeah. I'm, I'm excited. This year's going to be insane for the auto show for that reason. And also, there's new leaks or rumors on the Corvette forum that the mid-engine Corvette, which the rumors ran all over the place where I saw this week, it was supposed to be delayed six months, and we may not see it until later this year. And then all of a sudden, uh, somebody in Corvette forum who's leaked a bunch of information about it said the plan to see it at the <clears throat> Detroit Auto Show next week. Um, at least wow. In, yeah, which is weird. They don't have a press conference scheduled. Chevy doesn't. Um, and this guy said, expect to see the coupe and the convertible. And a lot of the convertible rumor. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, That'd be pretty insane. And I'm not sure if you saw, like there was leaks a while ago. It was a it was a Cadillac key fob, and it was looked exactly like the mid-engine Corvette with a button to open the convertible. So, oh, interesting. So maybe I'm thinking maybe a side event, maybe a surprise, sort of like a Ford GT debut. Um, uh-huh. uh, it would be pretty wild if they came out of nowhere. I know not out of nowhere. Like it's the worst kept secret ever with all the spy shots of the Corvette, but. Yeah, but I mean, if they if they like put out a press release and say, yeah, we're six months behind, but somehow miraculously pull it together and have a, a convertible and a coupe at the auto show, that'd be that'd be pretty shocking. Yeah, especially like I said, I think from what I think, I think the actual coupe will be the Corvette, and then the convertible will be kind of a, a Cadillac 
product of some sort. So kind of like that a supercar. Really cool. um, the new XTS? Yeah. The new version of it? Yeah. Or not the XTS. Uh, that was their big old front-wheel drive boat. Uh, you're talking about the XLR? Is it XLR? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean, it's supposed to get like a flat plane crank, 600 horsepower V8, um, 800 mm-hmm. horsepower V8. It's, uh, I think there's some spy shots of that V8, you know, five and a half liter with t- twin turbos. Um, so that's what made the GT350 sound so good. It's that flat plane crank. Yeah. So be amazing. gosh, a, a mid engine Corvette with that motor. Um, yeah. I, it's like, you know, what dreams are made of. So, uh, that's, that's gonna be awesome this year. We have some hypercars. We'll talk about the Aston Martin Valkyrie, um, and the Mercedes Project One. We've already seen more details on the Project One, but the uh, Valkyrie, mm-hmm. I'm interested because Cosworth, I think, built the engine. They showed their yep. 1100 horsepower naturally aspirated, the most powerful it's naturally crazy. aspirated. Um, but that's insane. Which is just going to be insane to see these cars on the road. Like, these are legit race cars being registered for the road. Yeah, in a world where, like, you know, now of course we go to Pebble Beach and stuff, but it, there's so many Instagram celebrities that are just buying these insane cars and we get to kind of live through them. Um, yeah, exactly. It's going to be pretty sweet to see, uh, I think Lamborghini KS, he does stuff. I think he has mm-hmm. an Aston Martin, uh, Valkyrie on order. Yeah. It's, it'll be cool to see how, what, how they, how these people spec their cars, the process of them going through the specking process and delivery process and stuff like that. Yeah. I'm excited to, to see how that goes. And I'm, I think we'll hear more, uh, during that. I'm sure they'll debut at one of the, uh, European auto shows here in the next coming months. So, yeah. Um, hopefully we'll get more information too on the, the, uh, Porsche, uh, Taycan and mm-hmm. the Audi e-tron GT twins. Um, yep. I think that was one of the prettiest Audis uh, ever made when I saw it in person. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, and just to see those, like I said, Tesla better be a little worried because to see these kind of big European companies coming out with their own kind of 250 300 mile range electric sports cars um yep it's gonna be cool well even like the the panamera gran turismo e-hybrid yes Mm -hmm. that gets great range too i mean it's expensive but at least they're capable of doing yeah and i'm interested to see like you know they're talking about helping build fast charger technology that'll charge like you know 80 percent of the battery in 20 minutes or something um that'd be perfect i think it's cool to see you know porsche and audi some of these big names help expand some of the charging stuff and uh yeah really see what they can do and with it the more spy socks of the defender that i see i'm just i just keep falling more and more in love with it i yeah. can't wait to see one of those in real life yeah like i got worried when i first heard the land rover defender was coming back um i did too yeah i was like they're gonna screw up this somehow but the more i see it it does look you know especially all the teasers that looks like a proper like off-road so boxy cool. yeah um, I, like i said i love the discovery i keep seeing the discovery around town yeah, I love those. And so I think in terms of Land Rover's design, they've done a great job. So I'm curious to see yeah. how kind of beefy and uh, this thing turns out. But if they do, if how they, capable it is. Yeah, they knock it out of the park, then hopefully they do. Um, and last but not least, something I'm really excited about, I know you are too, mentioned it a little bit, but the Lincoln Aviator. Um, love it. It's, it's per, it looks like it takes, takes a navigator, makes it more of a Range Rover, Land Rover style. Um, mm-hmm. In person, it looks fantastic at the Auto Show. Uh, a month or so back and it's got that i think honestly the best trim is the one they've shown in that kind of deep bluish green color with the brown leather yes uh, it's just perfect um i think that i think it's a perfect size like the explorer even if you get the explorer platinum it's super nice but there just needs to be something above that yes like an entry level something a little bit above the mkc but not you know a nautilus or a navigator and this is a perfect size to do it yeah, so I, I it's they're gonna have a plug-in um, version, which will be interesting to see. I'm worried about the price. We'll see how it, you know it's probably gonna be in the fifty, sixty thousand dollar range realistically. But yeah, uh, but it's a Ford product, so it'll probably lease pretty good. Yeah, so I'm hoping they I hope they have realistic leases because that's I don't know, that I I would kill to drive one of those, and I'm definitely oh yeah, um, yeah, and and be able to seat seven. It's awesome. Yep. Um, and lastly, I had this on, you know, something to look forward to, but it's also, it's on my dud list already of 2019, but the Toyota Supra, um, we'll, yeah, you know, we'll see that soon. I don't know what you think about it. To me, it's kind of, uh, there's rumors, I, you know, we've pretty much seen it at this point, but the rumors are it's going to be like 60 grand for this thing. Which That's crazy. Is, and it kind of just reminds me of a, 
FRS. BRZ. Yeah, yeah, FRS. Yeah, or Toyota wait, 86 or whatever it's called now. But yeah. Yeah. Um, the only thing that gives me any sort of hope or interest in that car, because I, I literally was already checked out, um, is there's a teaser video that just came out this week. I'm not sure if you watched it. Um, but it has the engine noise. and I saw that. I didn't actually watch it yet. Um, watch it. Like, dear God. Um, really? It's a straight uh, inline V6. Or inline Which V6. Always inline 6. Um, three liter inline 6. And it yeah. just. Uh, watch the video because that's the only thing that gets me excited about it because it, I mean, it literally hears that pop, 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 pop. It's got like. It's. Yeah. yeah it sounds like a. I don't know. A mix between some sort of Fiat, a Barth, and a Porsche. It, it's it's good. Um, so, I mean, if it is this really ultimate like track car, maybe that's a little more interesting at sixty grand. Mm-hmm. But to me, at sixty grand, you got to be fighting with like Caymans um, and winning. So, I who knows? Yeah, I mean, at sixty grand, I'll, I'll take an M three. Yeah, that's that's kind of what everyone else is saying online. Um, so we'll see. I mean, I don't know if the super name. I mean, I don't know if you just saw that older super with like low miles just sold for like one hundred and twenty thousand dollars on like crazy. Yeah. Um, so maybe the super name's enough. And if it is kind of a balls out car, maybe, maybe it'll get some interest back in the, in the kind of. It's about time Toyota made like a newer sportier car in that, in that range, you know? I mean, that the BRZ AE86 is kind of getting up there now. It's been out for a while. Yeah. And those so are always, something else. yeah. And those are always low horsepower. So it didn't really excite too many people, even though they were good to drive. Right. Um, yeah. But it'd be nice to see, you know, we talked about Millennium Muscle. It'd be nice to see, you know, things shift back to the glory days we you know, we had in the 90s of, like, imports just being, like, awesome and crazy with the Supra mm-hmm. and the Celicas and the Hondas. Um, so, yeah. who knows, maybe this will help kick off some of the other guys. Hopefully. Um, so, we'll see. But, yeah, that's, gosh, we're almost in an hour. Look at us. So, it's been too long. Um, look forward to, again, like, right after the auto show, we'll probably have our... Uh, Millennium Muscle episode on the Mustang and all of its history, because um, I think we're going to wait for that new car to come out. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe even have Matt Laffin, who is Ooh. a yeah, man, get, little guest appearance, little guest spot. Um, Matt yeah. Matt bought a 05 Mustang um, right when it came out and still has it. Um, so I, I'd just be interested to hear his story of because I know he was enamored by it when it came out, just like all the rest of us. So. Um, mm-hmm. We have, again, I've hinted at it as well, but car leasing tips, um, some what to do and such, what to look for. I think that'll be another one in the new year, but that's what we got. So, uh, Sounds good. Yeah, you excited, Matt? We're going we're gonna to do more. We're going to do these more regularly now that we're, life is more stable somewhat. Yeah, we're out of the holidays. We kind of have gone back to our normal work schedule. Yeah, so... So yeah, stay tuned for more uh, good Nolan and Matt time here in uh, 2019. Sounds good to me. All right. Talk to you guys later. Yeah.